This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. My name is Tom Ruich and today's episode is called Social Marketing Secrets to Drive More Traffic and Sales. My guest today is Dan Schinder. Dan is a social marketing expert who reached more than 120 million people in 2021, 100% organically, no paid ads, no boosted posts, no SEO. Dan has more than 1 million active followers and adds about 4,500 a week from 130 countries. He draws from his experience and success to teach others how to grow brand awareness, increase engagement, and drive more sales. With his social media on steroids courses and consulting, Dan shares exactly how he turned Drum Talk TV from an idea into a profitable business and how you can utilize these strategies to grow your business too, no matter what stage you're currently in. What Dan teaches can work for virtually any business in any industry, from a local model to a global one. Dan also has a done for you service. He understands busy. He and his wife have a blended family of, get this, 11 kids and 19 grandchildren. Makes me tired just saying it. What's he wrong said, with this guy? <laughs> he says, if you're serious about what you do, get serious about how you market it. Amen to that, Dan. Welcome, Thanks. Dan Schinder. To Thank the you, story Tom. Power Marketing Show. Yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome. So, thanks. I've been looking forward to this for so long. Um, yeah, we got to I, know I each really other. I'm honored. Yeah, we got to know each other a while back, and we've had some great conversations. I love what you do, and I've Thank been you. looking forward to bringing you to the show so we could uh, share some stories with the audience. And there's a big story uh, for you to tell: the story of Drum Talk TV and how you built it. And you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you: you've learned all these lessons that you now share with the people who hire you. And a lot of the lessons you learned were learned the hard way, mistakes along the way. So what are some of the big social marketing mistakes that you made that you now help people avoid? You know, the answer is twofold because part of it has to do directly with strategies of the actual marketing. And, and by the way, I, I may change the name of, of what I'm doing because I really, now I teach and train content marketing that doesn't only work on all the social platforms, but yeah. it works for podcasting, blogging, 
email marketing. So I want people to understand that it, it works for everything. Um, and, you know, one of the mistakes was something that everyone else was doing. And this, when I discovered this and had this epiphany, is really what put the last hammer motion down on me not looking at what other people were doing and following what they were doing. I'll, I'll explain what that one thing was in a moment, but I was doing what everyone else is still doing 10 years ago. And this is everyone I see, Tom, most people, and I mean, from, from solopreneurs to some of the biggest legacy brands who are paying their agencies tens of thousands of dollars a month to ruin their marketing. <laughs> I see the same mistake and everyone's doing what everyone else is doing because that's what everyone else is doing. So it must be the right thing to do, right? So that one thing that really made me go, wait a minute, was hashtags and the misuse of hashtags. And here's uh, what I mean. Yeah. On Drum Talk TV, I'll give a, a specific example, then some sort of generic examples that might apply to different industries and business. With Drum Talk TV, I was using hashtag drummer, hashtag jazz, hashtag drum core, hashtag metal, hashtag, etc. Those are generic hashtags. And I'll yeah. explain what I mean by that in a moment. And in other industries, almost any other business, we could say hashtag motivation, hashtag inspiration, hashtag TBT for throwback Thursday, hashtag education, hashtag training, hashtag social, hashtag FYP, hashtag for your page. Let's think about this for a moment, because I'm going to give everyone the exact epiphany I had. I thought, wait a minute, if 400,000 people are using hashtag whatever at least once a week, that means my post is out there in a sea of 400,000 other posts with that same hashtag. How is that going to be found by someone? And mm -hmm. people are hashtagging these generic hashtags thinking it's going to ride the coattails of this big wave of everyone doing it so that when someone clicks on that hashtag or searches it on Google or searches it within a platform like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever, that their post is magically going to show up. If it's one of 400,000, how's that going to happen? Yeah. So when I had that epiphany, I thought about something that was coming up, um, an industry trade show that we cover every year called the NAM show, N-A-M-M, -M, mm -hmm. for National Association of Music Merchants. And about 150,000 people attended over four days. And everyone that attends it, every day they're posting videos and photos and photos and videos and videos and photos, all with the same one of two hashtags, hashtag NAM or hashtag NAM show. And I thought... We're not doing that or all our crap will get lost in their crap. So yes. we came up with the hashtag naming convention back in 2015, I think, that was hashtag DTTV NAM 15. Mm -hmm. DTTV for Drum Talk TVs. Now it's a branded hashtag. And then NAM for the event and 15, the last two digits of the year. Yep. That separates all of our content from everyone else's content when it yep. comes to hashtag searches. Now, I know what some people are thinking right now. They're thinking, well, how will they know to search that? Two things. Number one, they might not. 
Number two, it doesn't matter. Number three, a bonus one, they will eventually. And here's how it works. When we're covering that show and we do between 120 and 170 interviews in four days, and it's not just me. I have a team of people. I do about 30, 40% of them. What happens is people that are following us, people that are seeing our content being shared in other places, they see this hashtag over and over and over. Human behavior is if you see something enough that you don't know, you're going to click on it. You're going to click on it or you're going to search it. What is this? I keep seeing it. I feel left out. That's when they click on it or I keep doing this for this motion. (laughs) When they click on it or search it, it's only going to bring up all of our content that's branded and themed for that one event. Yeah. That that's, and then they discover all these other posts that they didn't know about. And it works with hashtag DTTV fill in the blank. We have four other original series. We put hashtag DTTV, the name of the series, hashtag DFI, DTTV, the artist that we're interviewing, mm-hmm. hashtag DTTV, and then it could be drum humor, jazz, rock, metal, drum course, symphonic, whatever it is, separates all our stuff. I do the same thing on the business side with my marketing company where all hashtags are branded. I never use a generic hashtag anymore. That was the first big mistake I realized that really opened my mind to the bigger mistake is that when I started out, I was sort of for a couple things I didn't understand yet, watching what everyone else is doing and doing the same thing. So I figured, okay. And then I realized that's BS. That which is a professional business term. That just doesn't work. And Tom, it was at that moment, I really stopped paying attention. And I, I put the binders on the lab coat, fired up the Bunsen burners, the test tubes, got the arc going between the two Tesla rods. And we just went to work and I figured out every other strategy that year after year for the last 10 years has helped us reach over a hundred million people every year, get over a hundred million video views and, and grow our community, drive millions of dollars in sales, not just for us, but for our clients, sponsors, And same thing now with my marketing company, which I started teaching everything I know in the first year of Drum Talk TV, because when it was pointed out to me that by a third-party statistical company, that our numbers were larger in online reach, engagement, and driving traffic than every other media company in our space. And for those who don't know it, we cover the world of drumming and the music industry. And we were we were outperforming them by 900%, all of them combined. The newest company before us was 10 years old. The -hmm. oldest was 37. And here we came, this idiot out of nowhere, who started drumming media company. And and we just blew by them. And part, part of the reason was, I didn't start Drum Talk TV to be the biggest and the best. You know, all, none of that was part of the plan. And when those numbers were pointed out to me, that's why I started the marketing company to teach other people yeah. how to thrive, doing what they love. But it happened because I had an open mind. I refused to to adhere to the herd mentality and follow yeah. everyone else over the cliff doing it wrong. And and bless their hearts, all our peers, we've worked with probably seven tenths of them on projects or interviews and stuff. They're run by a bunch of old farts my age or older, and I'm a senior my age or older who just don't think they know it, 
or they hire, I hate to say this, they hire millennials who are of the age of social media. And everyone with one of these says they do social media. So, you know, they must know how to do it and they don't. Or the older folks didn't embrace digital marketing to begin with. They're so stuck on on print. So that was the first, sorry, long answer, but first big mistake. Yeah, um, and it's a it's a great answer though, Dan. It, it, it there's so much packed into what you said, and I encourage everybody who's listening or watching to go back and listen. And, and I'm going to unpack a couple of things that I heard. Number yeah, one, there's a lot in there. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, not following the herd mentality, huge idea that doesn't just apply to content marketing, social marketing. Uh, it, it applies to all things business. Don't follow the herd off the cliff. Second thing, you talked about putting on your lab coat and the beakers and the so on and so forth and, and uh, experimentation, seeing if it works, not just doing it because other people are doing it, but trial and error, testing, figuring out what works, going with what works, throwing out what doesn't work. That's a huge, huge thing as as well. And then the other thing I kept thinking about, you, we mentioned in your bio that you built your business without SEO. But as you told this story, I was thinking about SEO and the evolution of how search marketing worked. Everybody at first began to game the system and the search engine so that they could rank for these big terms, but it got crowded and more and more and more and more crowded. And you could be doing a great job with your search engine marketing and your optimization. And all of a sudden you're just one drop in a giant seat. Exactly. You're on on page 10. It got all watered down. Yeah. Exactly. And then people began to understand the notion of the long tail keyword, the more focused, the branded keyword or the or the that search term that fewer people were searching for. But the key, and this is where it's analogous to what you're talking about, is you are the big fish in the pond. You own, you know, you're not the small drop in the ocean. You're the big fish right. in the pond and better to drive 10 people to a uh, 10 people, or in your case, millions of people to a pond where you are the big fish, as opposed to a gazillion people, yeah. all of whom won't notice you because you're just one drop in the sea and you are it, unnoticeable. It's a exactly. really huge and important concept. Thanks. And you mentioned something, Tom, regarding the lab coat and doing all the testing, putting things into action. That's number three of the three things that at that moment I came up with that I I moved forward with ever since. And I really want to inspire people to adopt this. I used uncommon sense. Mm -hmm. I used critical thinking. And then it was the lab coat and the beakers and everything. And I just went to work. And honestly, There were very, 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 I can't even think of one off the top of my head. There were very few things that didn't work. Mm -hmm. It's because I just, I looked at things with logic, like everyone's doing this, but that doesn't make sense. And I would try it and boom, it would work. Every time I hear some other thought leader in this space of marketing or someone else that's a trainer and they get online and I, I get people's emails who are putting on webinars and courses and, and the sky is falling. This algorithm is now different. You're never going to reach as many people. Year after year after year, I've looked at it and thought, I think I can get around that. And yeah. every year it's it's worked. We are still reaching millions of people a week. 
without paid ads, without boosting posts. Yes, it still works on Facebook, actually works the best for us there, where a lot of people think Facebook is dying. Only the older people are on Facebook. The kids are only on TikTok and Instagram. All that is nonsense. I have the data. Every age group is everywhere. And there's all these myths out there that, that I constantly debunk because that is part of the herd mentality. And people get into a mindset that they don't even know why they've decided that. Yeah. You know, it, it's just what everyone else is doing. I don't want to be the uncool kid or be ridiculed or, or, you know, maybe it is the thing to do. I don't know why or understand. So I'm just going to do it. That's not a way to run a business. Yeah. Yeah. I, amen. Way to go, Dan. I, I love it. And, you know, as, as we talk about myths, um, one of the, one of the, one of the prevailing herd mentalities out there on social media, especially, but it applies to email as well, is, is that it's a numbers game. I mean, this goes back to sales in general before the internet even existed that, that it, you know, there's, there's this spray. Wait, there's never not an internet. <laughs> you're, I'm old uh, enough come to on. remember. You're, you're old enough to remember. <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh, the, Sorry. Um, the, the whole spray and pray mentality that, that I'm just going to, I'm just going to, oh, I'm just going to yeah. bury the world with my messages and I'm going to, and, and I'm going to automate it all. And I'm going to um, just hit people with invitations and then invitations uh, are going to be followed by automated pitches and automated pitches are going to be followed by automated follow-ups. Because it'll trigger it, this. and the, Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you know I do enough biggest, of that, yeah, the numbers yeah, the, will, the dominoes exactly. will fall. Yeah. And it doesn't. And the reason why is this. This is... I really hope folks pay attention. Don't think for a minute, oh, this is just about music and drumming. Just because I got my toys and, you know, my founding brand of the big success was drum talk to me. This works for any industry. I've worked with Ford, Taco Bell, McDonald's, Citibank, Wells Fargo, the Sydney to Hobart Yacht Race, solopreneurs, leaders in real estate. It works for everything. And here's why the spray and pray doesn't work. Because to begin with, they're spraying the wrong content. Only 20 to 30% of our content should be offer or sales related. The rest has to be giving value, has to be community building content. No one's going to follow a brand if all we're doing is putting out content. What's for sale? Here's a new location. Download this discount code. Here's the new thing. Why would anyone follow that, let alone watch a TV station or listen to a radio station that only plays commercials? No one's going to do that. So that's, that's the reason why in the beginning that doesn't work is because people don't see all our content. There's no way for that to happen. And if the only stuff they are seeing is just sales stuff, even if it's my favorite automobile brand or my favorite drum brand or my favorite food brand, I'm not going to follow that. I just, you know, if I want it, I'll go out and buy it. I don't need to constantly. It's yeah. nice to get little nuggets, but that's the biggest mistake is people thinking, well, I got on social media to promote my brand. So all I'm going to do is sell to people. That's, yeah. It doesn't work that way. I 100% agree with that. I frame it a little differently. Um, you're you're talking about, you know, 20% of, of the content. And I infer from that that you're saying, you know, 80% of the pitches are value pitches and 20% of the pitches are or excuse me, 20, 80% of the posts are value pitches and 20% of the posts are, are pitch pitches. Blatantly um, what's which, for sale. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and 
I, I agree that works. What, what I also believe works is making sure that a hundred percent of what you put out there is interesting and captivating. And in my case, I talk about it being story powered and, and so it, I agree it's an 80, 20 mix, but if you're still has on, to be great content and if, right. And if, if you're on my email list, then what, where the 80, 20 happens is that 80% of every post is interesting, informative, story powered, captivating. And then at the bottom of that post, there might be 20% at the very bottom that says, now here's where this relates to something I'm selling. So 100% of the emails that I send will share something. It might just be in my footer yeah. where I'm saying, okay. you know, yeah. here, here's how you can, um, here's how you can connect with me and, and work with me. Or it might be a more direct pitch for a particular product or event or something that I'm, I have. But what you won't get from me is the email that just says, hi, I'm pitching now. Here's this thing. Here's this product. Here's this service. Rarely will it just yeah. be uh, a pure pitch. There's always so so the balance 80-20 that you're talking about. I'm down with that. 100%. Yeah, and, and my 80-20 actually works a little differently on yep. content marketing on social. 20% of the quantity of posts yeah. can be blatant sales. That's all the yep. post is about. This is your offer. This is the thing. Come buy it, yep. get a deal. Here's the code. And then 70 to 80% of the quantity quantity of not a single post, but the amount of your post should yeah, all amount, just right. be yeah, compelling and interesting and relevant to your target market where yeah. you're not selling anything. Yeah. And it, it has worked like magic. It's worked for I us. It's it. worked for our clients. And it's interesting because most brands, if, if anyone here takes a moment, not now after we're done, but if you take a moment, go on to uh, your favorite social channel of your favorite brand in any industry and you'll see that almost everything they're posting is sales, 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 and, and right. no value, nothing interesting. You know, if you sell sports cars, post about what was your first road trip? What was your most recent road trip? What was mm -hmm. the furthest road trip? What's the craziest thing that ever happened on your road trip? What yep. road trip is still on your bucket list? Those are five things to post about that have nothing to do with selling the car. Yeah. But it it, yeah. it keeps people following you and gives them a chance to participate and be part of the experience by commenting. Yeah. You know, show a picture of your sports car. It doesn't matter what brand, if it's not ours, just share a picture of your sports car. It's, yeah, it's a no-brainer in a way, you know. You're you're talking about marketing uh for cars. And one of my favorite ads of all time was a Super Bowl ad that Honda did, and I forget what year it was. I wrote about it. I'll, I'll make sure that I share this in the show notes because I, I have it cool. back in an old blog post somewhere. And, and you know, all the articles that talked about the great ads, they were talking about Budweiser and Doritos and all the flashy ads. All that this ad was, was it was like an old timey film strip. And so it had these grainy photos and, and the, the thing would shift across the screen and there would be a new person or a couple of people standing in front of their Honda and the voice, the voice would say, 
my uncle Dan loves his. And then up would come Uncle Dan in front of his Honda holding a fishing rod over his shoulder or whatever. And then my neighbor Jim loves his. And it just was on and on and on. Faces in the crowd, everybody, you know, and their Honda, 20 or 30 of them. And at the very end, the voiceover said, everybody knows someone who loves their Honda. And then the only call to action was go to facebook.com slash Honda. And I, I saw the ad. Um, well, I saw the ad during the game and I made note. And then I went to Facebook and looked at Honda and I forget exactly where they were. And I have no idea how much they grew between the time the ad ran and the time I went. But by the next day, their follower count was up by, I think, 250,000. I mean, the ad just blew up their Facebook. But here's where it gets to what we're talking about. What Honda recognized is that they don't, uh, their, their engagement with these folks was not about I'm going to just start pitching the latest Honda Accord or the latest minivan or whatever. What they right. recognized is that they sell reliability. They sell safety. They're not the Mercedes and the snazzy sports car. Right. And, right. and I was going to say economy, you know, they're econ- in that way. Yeah. Economy, safety, reliability, and, and so forth. And so what you saw on their social posts after that, were video tips about how to install a child safety seat properly. There you go. Perfect. Video tips about how to inflate your tires properly. Perfect. Yeah. And they were engaging their community around the things that matter to their community. They're selling, getting the baby from point A to point B safely. And that video about the child seat is part of that that brand that's in that 80 percent exactly i want to kind of give a even slightly deeper example of this whole concept i was teaching in a live environment uh with with people there and (laughs) and i did this analogy with the car dealership then i did okay now let's do the same thing for a nursery or horticultural center what Mm -hmm. could we post about other than what's for sale and you know when when people hesitate i kind of prime it i say what about how to compost what about garden edging? What works great for that? And then people start chiming in, ooh, how to grow roses. Oh, what blooms when? And, you know, things like that. So I said, you know, this works for anything, including a pooper scooper company. And someone raised their hand and said, really? Okay, do it. And I said, okay, let's do that. So if yeah. I had a pooper scooper company, what is the common thing relational between the brand and my target audience. And right away, someone said, dogs. And I hear other people go, oh yeah, dogs, dogs. So what would we post about? Silence in the room. And someone said, dogs. I said, that's right. What dogs go with other dogs? What dogs go with cats? What dogs go as guard dogs? What dogs go with the elderly? What dogs are great for service dogs? How about dog tricks, dog grooming, dog dying? I mean, right, I just fired off eight things. And if I had a pooper scooper company, that's what I'd be posting about to keep my target market engaged so that when I do drop a post that's all about what our service is, I have a captivated audience that likes us, trusts us, 
have built brand love and they're more likely to buy from us. Only yeah. 3% of consumers are looking to buy right now. The rest are comparing, exploring, they're following a brand if there's something to follow. Yeah, and if all you do is pitch, you're going to drive them away. I yeah. I call it I call it marketing to the maybes and that I agree with that 3%. When you yeah. put a brand message in front of an audience, you might have 3% who are ready buyers who might pick up the phone, who might act on the offer and so forth. You might have on the other end of the spectrum, another uh, 3% who are flat out knows. They already exactly. have this thing. They're not looking. They don't. Uh, they may know They're your good. brand and not like your brand. And there's nothing you're going to say to get them it, to exactly. come around. And but in the middle, you have this enormous spectrum <laughs> of people, 94% of the people, you know, roughly yeah. who yeah. are maybes and and they may not have the immediate need. They may not right. have the buying authority without talking to their wife or their supervisor if in the B2B or B2C. Um, they may not have uh, the budget right now. Yeah, you know, they're saving up whatever it whatever it may be. But if you provide value and engage them they're there for you and they're going to and they're going to participate and they're going to buy when the time is when the time is right and yeah and you know this is this is where we begin what you and i are talking about where we begin to separate ourselves from the spray and pray mentality i think so many people exactly. who are on social media are in that mode of of wanting immediate uh success they don't they're not willing to play the long game they want right. to pitch it out oh, there and that's so true and and let my let my pitch and my follow up fall and, where it may and yeah and the thing them, is is that's not marketing no and and marketing is not advertising or promoting and promoting as you know is not promoting and advertising is not marketing folks right marketing is what gives people a reason to respond to the advertising and promoting marketing is what unfolds unpacks and blossoms the big story of your brand why you what differentiates you do yeah. you resonate with me as a brand do you match up with my sensibilities whatever you know those are and and a lot of people don't understand that and when you asked me that question what were some of those mistakes can i tell you what the second one was because it was sure. not a mechanical strategy like this other stuff it it really was i love telling this story because this this was life-changing for my wife and i well, we stopped having kids for one thing, but just kidding. <laughs> I was too eager, not desperate, but I was too eager to work with just anybody. Mm -hmm. I had the save the world purple unitard and teal cape on, and I wanted to work with just anybody. <laughs> that was a big mistake because I ended up taking on some clients on the training side and the service side that, for lack of better terms, we're all family here. We're not good clients. They were mm -hmm. not good people to work with. And that might be because they refuse to learn. They're taking advice from five other sources on the same thing. So they're they're taking my stuff and 
mixing other people's stuff in with it. And I, I have a hundred percent, and this is not a sales line. This is just for context. I have a hundred percent money back guarantee. If people learn from me and apply exactly what I teach, there's no way it won't work. It's guaranteed to grow their following, grow their engagement, and drive more traffic for sales. Guaranteed. So when they mess it up, it's not going to work. And then I had this other client who was paying a lot of money for what amounted to like seven hours of work a month, but he really wanted to work with me. And it, it was eh, a truckload of work to work with, let's just say. <laughs> and uh-huh. one day he was my problem child with all due respect. He was very combative. You know, I was a consultant and everything I I put out there, he said, no, no, this won't work because, and I go, no, no, this is why it'll work. This is how it's worked before. I went through this every time with him. So one day my wife and I, we lived in Vegas still, we're driving to Arizona and we're in the middle of nowhere. If anyone knows the area, we're about 15 minutes south of north of a town called Wickenburg, which is this big, it's as big mm-hmm. as this room. Mm-hmm. And there's our, our gas stop and restroom stop there. So we're driving and we're listening to Michael Port's Book Yourself Solid audiobook. Love that book. Yeah. And Michael says, you know, you gotta, you gotta have your red rope policy. Ooh, that perked our ears. Turned it up. You know, you can't just let anybody in. You gotta choose who you're gonna work with. But what he said next, you gotta know when to dump your dud clients. We're on a two-lane highway with an eight-foot ditch on either side. What? I looked at my wife, almost drove off the road into the ditch. We both had this. uh, I had a mind. She had her problem child client at the same time. 15 minutes later, we couldn't wait to get to the rest stop. We parked. And before even going in, we talked about this. I could not wait to get home from that trip and And fire fire this client. Yeah. And it lifted all this angst out of my world. And it was a big lesson that still took a bit of a learning curve to not just work with anybody. I I will not take just anybody's money. They have to be a fit for me. I have to be a fit for them. And if, if whether I'm a service provider as an agency, or they're going to take my course, I have to know that they're going to show up. They're going to do work, do the work and apply it. Because I learned years ago, none of us need clients. Yeah. We need clients who get results and yeah. the clients who get the best results are the ones that if they hire an expert, they use that expertise and they apply it and they don't it up. You know, they, yeah. they if you're going to learn how to paint from Rembrandt, do what he says. You know? Yeah. And, and what, what you're getting at here, Dan, I, I, I think that, that knowing that someone is going to be a dud client is not easy nearly right. impossible. Uh, and that's the thing it's but, a learning curve you get better yeah, and better and it, at it and but, you but, learn what flags to look for or ask for yeah ask for and that's that's where i was that's where i was going that when they first you know follow you on social and they're even like they're liking your stuff they're they're even engaging with your stuff you don't know those things but this is where uh, you said it, you, you ask the right questions, you know what to look for. And all of us know the buzz word of, in, of, of qualifying prospects. We're all taught, you know, Oh, you need to qualify your prospects yeah. and blah, 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 blah. And well, what does that, that really mean? Well, what does that really mean? Some people and, think it means, means, Oh, they need me, but that well, doesn't mean they're going to be a great client. 
Yeah. And, and it's about, oh, do they check this box and that box and right. the, the demographic and the psychographic and so forth. And qualifying prospects is, it can be, when done properly, very, very important. But what's more important is disqualifying suspects. And that's yeah. what you're talking about. And, yeah. and so in the engagement process, there's strategy in that. There's, there's figuring out the right questions, figuring out what to listen for or watch for, identifying people and being able, I'm sure now that you've, you've gone through the firing the dud clients, you have <laughs> far fewer dud clients. They oh, don't yeah. get far enough to become debt dud you're, clients. You're absolutely right. And you you're know, disqualifying. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking to myself that everything you're saying is like a first date. Everyone puts on their best behavior or meeting the family. Right. And I'm realizing why, you know, who's great at this vetting process, my wife, because when we met, she was the only blind date I've ever been on in my life. Her best friend who I knew set us up and we met and it was, she made it clear. This is not a date. Don't dress up. You're not picking me up. You're not buying me dinner. We're just going to go to a Denny's and talk, maybe some tea, Buy cookies if you want. I'm like, what am I getting myself into? She grilled me for two hours, vetting me to see what's with this putz, you know? It just went on and on. I couldn't get a word in, but she didn't realize that I was learning everything that's important to her when she was asking me those questions. Yeah. And so I, when it was my turn to talk, finally, I knew exactly, you know, what she was all about. But my, my point also is when you ask the right questions, like Tom's saying, like you're saying, you're also letting them know if this is part of your message, you got to show up and do the work. This Here is ultimately your responsibility. Yeah, I have the wisdom. I have the knowledge. I know how to do it. I could teach you everything I know, but it doesn't work unless you do it and do it how I'm showing you how to do it. That. That's my approach. And when we work on the service side, we tell them there's an onboarding process and we're going to tell you exactly what we need. And if we don't get this, 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 and this, it won't work. If you take too long to get this, 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 and this, it's going to move slower. You want great results sooner? Get us what we need right away. It's that simple. And the story you told about your problem client, you were describing that, that you were like, negotiating with him you know you're you're presenting yeah. the program and he's saying well whoa, whoa, hold on this won't work and 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 you're long past that now you've yeah. you learned from exactly. that mistake that no 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 uh, this is how this is going to work i am going yeah. to bring you my program and you're going to implement my program or you're not and if you right. don't and you're not then we're not meant to work together. And, exactly. and some, and you know, if, if, if you want to be the kind of consultant who um, wants to present suggestions <laughs> as opposed to, you know, and, and negotiate them, that's one thing, but that's not yeah. the, that's not what you're doing. I have a that's program, right. it's proven, it works and there are rules of engagement and, and, disqualifying them before, you know, when, when you know that they're going to be problem uh, clients is critical and then having the guts to, uh, to say bye-bye if somehow they slip through, it's such a huge business lesson. And, and I, I know there are people listening to this, watching this who are nodding and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And who aren't going to do it. I know that from my own experience because I, learn this idea long before 
I summon the courage to implement it. And now yeah. I do it. Now I do yeah. it. It takes courage. It takes guts. It, it, but, but once you do it consistently, you're no longer selling from a place of desperation. You're, you're, you're establishing your authority. You are operating your business in the way that is frictionless for you and ultimately frictionless for your clients. The only people it creates friction with are the ones who aren't down with the program. It's, it's the right way to go. And it's, it's changing what this shiny object is, you know, people, they need to show up and do the work period. And when you change this shiny object from revenue to I want to create awesome clients who get awesome results because that exponentially is going to come back and grow my business anyways. If you're doing what you do because you really want to help people, that's the shiny object, the best prospects you can possibly get. And the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, You know, it really will. It can't even be part of the plan. Yeah, I love it, Dan. Thanks. We could we could go on. <laughs> and yeah, there's so here, much in this in yeah. this ecosystem of knowledge and exactly how this all exactly. Works. This is one of those episodes where I I feel like okay, we've we've reached a point where we have to move on. Call it a day. We're going to give you an opportunity to share some of your your contact information. But I oh, have a feeling you. I have a feeling that uh, if your game will do this again. Some uh, some love months to. down the road because I I think Dan Schinder Part Two is uh, dun, dun, dun. The, the the sequel is uh, is going to be in demand after people we'll, we'll have twenty four grandkids by then <laughs> <laughs> flash mob right now we have a forty two person flash mob if we all get together uh, which is bad. another business I should start the yeah. Shindig flash mob the Schinders yeah why not I think that'd be great <laughs> so. People who who are fired up with what you've had to say, uh, where can they find you? What's the best place to start? Uh, first of all, please look me up on LinkedIn. It's Dan Schinder, S-H-I-N-D-E-R. Pretty easy to find. You can go to www.advancedsocialmarketing.com. Cruise around, learn a little bit about me, learn about what I have to offer. I've got 12... Uh, podcast episodes where I give nuggets of a lot of the knowledge types of things that Tom and I were talking about. You can also just reach out to me personally if you have questions, if you want me to give give you a free half hour and, and look at what you're doing and give you four big takeaways. And there will be four big takeaways. I promise I say that with love. Reach out to me at dan at advancedsocialmarketing.com. You could also message me through LinkedIn. And if you're interested in either of my two courses, I'll send you information, answer your questions, and, and see if it's something you want to do to help you grow your business, helping other people with whatever your product or service is. And one more disclaimer, if I may, this might surprise you, Tom, but when I, when I do all this work, the course, and so, I make sure it's fun. I don't do anything unless it's fun. And I think people learn better when, when they're enjoying the process. So you, you get what you see, you see what you get. I make it fun. Yeah. I, I find that really hard to believe because you've just been exuding glum and boring and, and <laughs> Hey, we have 11 and kids and 19 grandkids. How <laughs> unfun could I be? <laughs> no, no, this, uh, I, I, I think if, if people didn't pick up fun and high energy from you listening to this episode, they were not listening. And uh, <laughs> okay. so, so thank you for that, Dan. And thank any you. parting thoughts before we call it a day? Yes. 
for everyone out there doing whatever you're doing at whatever segment you are in your journey of doing it, always be growing, always be learning, always be ready to pivot and be flexible and adaptable and not be too married to something so that you're always able to change with things that are always going to be changing. And some things won't when it comes to human behavior, but the way the platforms change and all that stuff, and you might have to change some strategies and things like the hashtags, always be open to learning and changing. And that's why I say, if you're serious about what you do, get serious about how you market it. And that might mean implementing some change. Yep. Yep. Thanks, Tom. Great, great advice. You've just, you've dropped one knowledge bomb after another, Dan. Thanks. Really enjoyed being with you today. We'll do it again uh, down the road. So everybody stay tuned for uh, Dan Schinder, the sequel on the Story Power Marketing Show. Thank you. See ya. Thanks. For listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Podcasts.